Leviticus, the sixth, the ninth chapter. Praise God. Leviticus 9. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for just... In this day that we're living in, oh, it's good to have friends. Good to have people you can count on and be there for you. Oh, I'm so thankful. So thankful for my friends today. Hallelujah. And I want to help you tonight. I want you to have something from God that uh, you can take with you and be blessed and be helped. Father, we love you. Thank you for your word tonight. Thank you for just what you are doing in our lives this morning. God, just speaking clearly to our hearts, God. And Lord, we've come again here tonight so hungry for more of you, more of your word, Lord. Feed us. Teach us, Lord. Lord, and just help us to see what is available in you, Lord, more and more. Lord, break every chain of the enemy, God, and bring victory in every heart and every mind. Lord, we give you all the glory, all the praise, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. Amen. Leviticus 9, verse 22 says, Aaron, he was the high priest at that time. Aaron lifted up his hand toward the people and blessed them. Came down from offering of the sin offering and the burnt offering and peace offerings. And Moses and Aaron went into the tabernacle of the congregation and came out and blessed the people. And listen, the glory of the Lord appeared unto all the people. And there came a fire. Somebody shout fire. There came a fire out from before the Lord and consumed upon the altar the burnt offering and the fat which was which when all the people saw they shouted and fell on their faces. Hallelujah. God bless you. You can be seated. We want to talk about that fire for a little while. Hallelujah. Now, I've been taking some time and reading through a lot of these scriptures about the tabernacle, about the place where God dwelt. It's, uh, it, it, it might be kind of tedious the first time you work through it, but when you start realizing that God is showing you some New Testament understanding of what He's getting ready to do in Jesus, amen, and in this New Testament salvation, it is amazing. See, God desired to dwell with His people. But can I tell you something about this Old Testament place, this dwelling place? It's a place that shows you how much God desires to be among us, but it also shows that sin separates us from Him. Amen. Many different things you'll see throughout this is God's desire to dwell with us, but how sin separates us. Amen. God said, build me a tabernacle, a tent, really, that I can dwell among you. But he had a plan that he would dwell in a tabernacle or a tent of flesh one day. That he would come and live among us and pay that price for our sin so that he might dwell inside of us through his power. So much of this points to Jesus. So much of it showing us God with us, Emmanuel. So God gives Moses his pattern. Amen? Says, I want to dwell among my people. Moses, you come up, pray, and I'm going to give you the pattern. And now you go tell the people the pattern that they will build so that I can dwell among them. And this, you can see, so much precision 
God doesn't just let them do it their way. Amen? God says, I'm going to tell you how long I want it. I'm going to tell you where I want the, the furniture and how I want it. Hallelujah. I want, to tell, want you to know how, how big it's going to be. I want you to know how far apart things are going to be. Amen. And he says, go ahead and start this building process. One of the most amazing things about the building of this tabernacle is when Moses said, now we're talking Old Testament. Praise God. When God said, I want to dwell among my people, and Moses said, okay, people, you're going to be a part of this. You're going to give. Your giving is going to facilitate the building of this tabernacle. People started giving out of a willing heart. So much that in Exodus, the 36th chapter, verse 5, they spake unto Moses, saying, The people bring much more than enough for the service of the work which the Lord commanded to make. They have such a desire. You know, when you have this idea where I'm going to do this, but I don't have to do anymore. You have this bare minimum idea. Well, you know what? As long as I get to heaven and as long as I, I'll do something. But, you know, in the Bible, even in the Old Testament, they gave so much. Listen to this. Moses had to make an announcement and say, guys, you just keep on giving. You keep on giving. Kind of like worship tonight. You know, hey, hey it's great, but we're going to have to move on. Amen. <laughs> you know, you just keep on giving and giving and giving of your heart and your life and all that you are. Moses had to say, okay, now. Hallelujah. That's enough. What a blessing it is to be able to serve God. Hallelujah. What a blessing it is just to be able to do your part in giving your heart to God. God gave wisdom. There's a man named Bezalel who, uh, who just, God just starts giving wisdom. On, on, I, I, I can see exactly what you're saying, Moses. I, can, I, I know exactly how to make that happen. God told you how he wants an ark of the covenant made. I see it. I see what God put in your heart, and I get that. Amen. I get that vision God gave you. Hallelujah. God started working in some other men there and some others that, that he put a vision in them and said, Hey, uh, uh, we don't have it quite like Bezalel has it, but we can help him. Amen. And work together. And, and, and the, 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 the candlesticks and the showbread table and, and the, the altar of incense, the labor and the, the brazen altar. Uh, we're going to help that. And thank God for people that can get that vision. That really understand, hey, this is what this is about. Amen. It's not always going to be easy. It's not always going to go my way. It's not all, but it's got to go God's way. Amen. And thank God for people that can get that vision. Amen. They put it all together. They have a place, an altar where the sacrifice is made. Amen. And within the curtains of the outer court, they have a place after that, a, a place of washing. Praise God. A place not only of, of a death to that sinful flesh, but a place of washing. It's a, a, a labor made of brass. Bible says that the women gave their looking glasses that were high polished brass and said, we're going to donate these. How, how uh, valuable were they, I'm sure, to the ladies? Amen. Not saying men don't like to look at themselves in the mirror. But the, the ladies, they, they gave these and put it together, melted those down, and made this place of washing. And when you look into the New Testament, 
You see in Ephesians 5 that the Bible talks about being washed by the water of the word. And then you go over into James and it talks about the word being like a looking glass. Where you see the problem in your own life, you look into the Word and say, hey, I need that. that that's, that's my dirt. That's my sin. That's my problem. But you go back to the Word and get washed by that same Word. It's just beautiful pictures of New Testament truths. Amen? Hallelujah. Hey, you would go into the, the inner court and there was a, a table of bread. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Hallelujah. There was a, 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 a place of a candlesticks full of light. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Hallelujah. There was a place of, uh, of, of incense that would be burned right before the veil. And the Bible talks about how that incense cloud would go into the presence of God because behind that veil is where God's presence dwelt on the mercy seat. And several times in the Bible, the Bible talks about lifting up our hands and giving our prayers unto God like incense that goes into the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, praise God. This place, this tabernacle, which was then when we went into Jerusalem made into a temple, but the tabernacle was a temporary place that they would pick up, break it down, pick it up, and, and move it through the wilderness, and then finally set it down in the promised land. This was a place of worship, a place of meeting God. But it was also a place of sacrifice. It was a place where sin was dealt with. Amen. It, it, it wasn't always a pretty place, I wouldn't think. Amen. Understand this. Blood was shed there because of sin. I know in this modern day, we don't want to, you know, we don't want to mess our hair up when we're, uh, you know, worshiping God. Somebody might have their cell phone out taking pictures of how awesome the everything's going, you know, and we want to look our part. But I'll tell you, when you really get in the presence of God, hallelujah, there's going to be some sweat. There's going to be some tears. There's going to be some trembling. Hallelujah. There might be some snot flying. Amen. But you're going to get humble before God. Your hair's going to get out of place. You might get a little wrinkled up. Hallelujah. Because sin is going to be dealt with in the presence of God. Something beautiful that is said. That the sacrifice, when it was given unto God, you see this term, and we use it so many times in church for our praise. It says it was a sweet-smelling savor to God. Amen. If I went through this room and I said, what's... Some of your favorite scents or smells. What really just, you walk into a room and you smell coffee or maybe small, smell, you know, baking uh, cake or pie, apple pie maybe. A good dinner. Hallelujah. Some of you like fresh cut grass. Sure. There's a lot of different things. Maybe, maybe just a, a cool autumn night and you can smell the, 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 just the air and Hallelujah. Well, I don't think anybody would say, well, take an animal, cut its throat, and burn it on an altar. Oh, boy, that smells good. That's something that's detestable to our flesh. Are you hearing me? But God says, I love the smell of your flesh dying. I love the smell of what, what the sacrifice of your praise unto me. So often what God is loving is not what our flesh desires. 
We've got to crucify it. We've got to say, not my will, but thine be done. If you want to please God, it's not going to be what I want, but it's going to be what God wants. Amen. It's going to be a sweet smelling savor to Him, but it might turn your stomach. Amen. Oh, yes. Hallelujah. God bless you. Hallelujah. God bless you. So here's the, here's the, the short version of it, because we could just go on for weeks with this. God gave Moses the pattern. Moses told the people. And when the people obeyed it, the glory of God came down. The fire fell. Hallelujah. People got on their faces. People, people shouted. Amen. Because it was about God. Amen. It was about His presence. That's what we're looking for. We want God to move. I'm not looking to please anybody. I want to please God. I'm not looking to do it my way or your way. I'm looking to give God the glory. I want the glory to fall. Flesh has got to die. Sin has got to die. Our will has got to die. But the fire will fall when God receives all the glory. The fire will fall. You'll receive the Holy Ghost when your flesh dies and God gets the glory. Amen. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Just like the day of Pentecost. God bless you. But, hallelujah. They were all in the upper room in one place in one accord. Suddenly there came a sound like a mighty rushing wind filled the house where they were sitting. Hallelujah. Cloven tongues came down of fire upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. The fire's going to fall today. The fire's going to fall. But you've got to keep that fire burning. Oh, God wants to put the fire on that sacrifice, but that flesh has got to die. Oh, yes. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise God. God bless you. There was a commandment in the Word of God in Leviticus, the sixth chapter. Leviticus 6, verse 13 says, The fire shall ever be burning upon the altar. The fire can't go out. I said the fire can't go out. You're not filled with the Holy Ghost one day and full of flesh the next day. That's not God's will. The fire is supposed to keep burning. You've got to keep it moving. You've got to keep it burning. God lights the fire, but it's up to you to keep the... Don't let that fire go out. God sets that fire on an obedient sacrifice, on a, on a sacrifice that that flesh is, is killed on an altar and sin is dealt with. Hallelujah. But we got to keep that fire burning. Now, I could keep on preaching about that, but I want to show you something in Leviticus 10. Leviticus, the 10th chapter. Right shortly after that fire falls... Now remember this. God lit that fire. God sent the fire on the sacrifice. God started that fire. And he said, don't let it go out. But in Leviticus, the 10th chapter, verse 1, Nadab and Abihu were the sons of Aaron. They were priests in the service of God. We are a nation of kings and priests, the Bible says. It's up to us to keep that fire burning. Well, praise God. The 
sons of Aaron took either of them their censer, his censer, and put fire therein, put incense thereon, and offered strange fire before the Lord, which he commanded them not. Now, I don't know how many of you understand what just happened there. But this word strange doesn't mean weird or in, 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 in that sense. It's more like the word that is used for strangers that would come into the camp of Israel. Foreigners. Hallelujah. People that were not a part of the plan or the covenant of God were called strangers. Strange fire wasn't some kind of weird... I mean, there's fire is fire. There's no, you know, that's that's good fire, but that's kind of you 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 know you built a campfire in or in your fire pit. That's a weird fire. No, fire is just fire, amen. But strange fire means it's outside of the plan or the covenant of God. Oh, praise God! Oh, if you'd let God, He'd help you tonight. See what happened is these priests came in. Somehow they let the fire go out. Now they bring in their own fire. Strange fire. This was not fire that was miraculous from heaven. This was man-made fire. They thought nobody's going to tell the difference. Nobody's going to see that it's not the fire. Fire looks like fire, but this isn't God's fire. This was man-made fire. Look what happened. He offered strange fire before the Lord, which he commanded them not. And there went out a fire from the Lord and devoured them. And they died before the Lord. And Moses said unto Aaron, This is it that the Lord spake, saying, I will be sanctified in them that come nigh me, and before all the people I will be glorified. And Aaron held his peace. Aaron was a minister unto God. He was a servant of God's. And I'm sure he was not only disappointed but heartbroken that now his sons that should have been following in his steps were now dead because of their disobedience to God. Because of their carnal ways. They let the fire go out and then thought they could make their own fire. I don't know, it doesn't say this in the Bible, but directly after this, after this is all dealt with, God speaks to Aaron and and says, listen now, praise God, my priests aren't going to be drinkers. They're not going to be alcoholics. They're not going to go for after booze. Amen? Uh, is it possible because right after this that God puts a prohibition and says, you've got to know the difference between the clean and the unclean. You've got to know what's right. You can't have anything alter your sense of judgment. That's why we stay away from it. You say, oh, I think we could just casually drink. You've got to be careful that something doesn't alter your judgment. Amen. Whether this is a case or not, or God just decided to say, hey, by the way, the Bible says that Aaron had work to do and couldn't even mourn for his children until that work was taken care of. You know, sometimes doing the work of God means putting your own feelings aside. Sometimes doing the work of God says, you know what, this is what I'm going through, but I, I, need, to, I need to lead, I need to help, I need to bless, I need to do the work of God. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. It was God's fire that lit that, that, that sacrifice. And it was people's job to keep that fire burning. Strange fire. Man-made fire was not acceptable to a holy God. 
Can I tell you, just like self-righteousness is not righteousness at all to God, a move of God has to start with God and has to be flesh that is crucified. You can't stir it up. You can't make it up. You can't fake it. You can't put it on. It's got to be humble, dedicated, sacrificed lives unto God. Amen? It's not man-made. It's not because the music is pumping and not because you're getting excited. It's got to be a sacrifice and a dedication to God. Amen. I could show you in the Bible where God's people shouted until the earth rang again. But if that shout isn't a God-sent shout, hallelujah, it was strange fire that day, and they still lost that battle no matter how loud they shouted. Hallelujah. There is an evidence when God sets a, lights a fire. There is an evidence when God starts moving in the Spirit. You get excited at a ball game. I'm sure people are doing that today, I guess, right? You get excited at a, at a concert. Amen. You can feel a lot of things a lot of different ways. But when God starts letting that fire fall, there's going to be evidence to it. There's going to be something that is different than just emotion and excitement that is drummed up to be a part, to just be, look like you're a part of things. Amen. Well, praise God. When God moves in the house, he's going to deal with sin. When that fire came out of that altar and devoured these young men, Moses looked at Aaron and said, I will be glorified. I will get glory in my house. Amen. I will be honored. That strange fire is not going to have a place. And if you can't glorify me with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, you'll be an example. Amen. To the power of God and His chastisement. Amen. Because real fire will bring real repentance. Hallelujah. There's a lot of people speaking in tongues. Praise God. Have you ever talked to anybody? Like they tell you about, oh yeah, we believe in that. And I went, I've talked to people saying they took classes. How to speak in tongues, how to get the Holy Ghost and speak in tongues. I've talked to people already. They said, well, if you just talk really, really fast and then you, you mess up your words, that's, that's the Holy Ghost. Just so they encourage you to do that. Amen. That's a strange fire. Hallelujah. But when the day of Pentecost was fully come, the Bible says they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit of God gave the utterance. Amen. And when God starts moving in your life and God starts getting ready to set on that fire, that, that sacrifice, He's going to deal with sin. Amen. You're not going to have the same habits you once did. There's conviction that's going to come into your life. You're going to be ashamed of sin. You're going to be ashamed of flesh. You're going to be ashamed of that old life and say, God, take it away from me. Amen. Real fire is going to crucify flesh. Real fire is going to take care of sin. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. You don't, you don't speak in tongues one day and then go out to a job and curse the next day. You don't speak in tongues one day and talk against your brother or sister the next day. That strange fire, that angers God. You don't speak in tongues one day, bless with that same mouth and curse with it. That's, the Bible says that's not possible. You either got a clean fountain or a filthy fountain. Amen. Give God the glory one more time. Oh, yeah. You don't lift up holy hands to God and then go back and, and continue on in your old sins. That old life is dead now. 
That old life is crucified. That's not you anymore. Oh, give God the glory. I'm so glad I'm not who I was. I'm so glad that old life is dead. Amen. Amen. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, praise God. He's worthy. He's worthy. God bless you. It's going to make you search your soul. It's going to make you look at yourself. It's going to make you look at your own life. It's going to make you look in the mirror. Amen. I, I, I pray for revival in America. I pray for revival in churches across this country, around this world. I pray for it. I want it to happen. I'm looking for it to happen. I, I believe great revivals started in churches that were, that were messed up and mixed up. And then the Spirit of God started getting them, leading them into all truth. I know every time something just starts cooking and moving and, and God's getting people to pray. and don't, don't be so quick to just tear it down. Because God can bring people to repentance. God can bring people to a place where they start crying out to God. But if it doesn't bring repentance, if it doesn't bring a humbling and a crucifying of flesh, amen. Amen. Praise God. If, if people say, man, God's moving and we've been praying 24-7 and God's really just bringing things. If people aren't giving up their sin, people aren't giving up their homosexuality, people aren't giving up their, their, their addictions and their alcoholism, people aren't giving up that old life and making things right, it's not revival. Just strange fire. It'll cause you to search your soul. Real fire will get you to look at yourself. And say, God, be merciful to me. God, I'm struggling. I need you. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Real fire doesn't come and go. Oh, hallelujah. I was thinking today about where I got the Holy Ghost. Praise God. And I was thinking about just situations and circumstances that were far from ideal. I hear too many people say, well, God's not moving because there's problems. I'll tell you, there have been problems from the very book of Genesis all the way to the book of Revelation. Jesus dealt with problems. Moses dealt with problems. Paul dealt with problems. Hallelujah. If you're waiting for everything to go perfectly, you're going to have to wait till heaven. It's going to be too late. But it's not dependent on my circumstances. My fire, i got to keep this fire burning when everything's struggling against me. i got to keep this fire burning when, when I'm in the midst of the battle. i got to keep this fire burning when temptation comes my way. I've got to keep that fire burning. And I can't just have a fake, processed, plastic move of God. Hallelujah. My Holy Ghost experience isn't changed by somebody walking in the room that might not have what I have. The Bible says he'll prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies. I've got a Holy Ghost attitude. I've got God that says, you know what? Go ahead and watch me praise. Go ahead and watch me serve God. Go ahead and watch me live for God. It's been too many times. Hallelujah. I've had people right when I was a, as a baby in Christ just come against it and tear it down and, and, and act like it was nothing. But I'll tell you, it's still burning today. Hallelujah. It's not always been easy. It's not always been my way, but God's been working. It's going to be a, it's got to keep burning. It's a consistency. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Jesus. God bless you. To God be the glory. Real fire is going to stir repentance. Going to stir humility. Going to stir brokenness. Are you hearing me tonight? It's going to be something that you can take with you through the battle. 
when it gets tough, God's still good. I came to this house knowing God was good. I'm going to leave knowing God is good. Hallelujah. God's been faithful to me when I haven't been faithful. Hallelujah. Why wouldn't I give Him glory? One more thing. Praise God. If the real fire's fallen, it's going to make you care about other people. You're going to care about souls. You're going to care because it's the heart of God. It's the heart of God when God starts loving you and you realize I'm not worthy of that. Hallelujah. Then all of a sudden you're going to start loving people. Amen. You're going to care about your brother. You're going to care about your sister. You're going to care more about them. The Bible says to prefer them. That's the fire. See, I can love my friends and hate my enemies. I don't need the Holy Ghost for that. But when you start loving when it's difficult, you start loving when when you know it's God's will and not your will. Hallelujah. Oh, God's heart is going to be manifested in an end time church. This isn't some kind of, of manufactured positivity. This isn't some kind of manufactured motivation. This is a love for God that is going to last. It'll, it's bigger than your battle. It's bigger than the devil. It's bigger than your trial. It's bigger than everything that's come against you. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, thank you, Lord. If Job could say, blessed be the name of the Lord, I believe we can keep that fire burning. But strange fire, strange fire, hallelujah, doesn't belong in the house of God. God bless you. You can be seated one more time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God lights a fire in you when you're filled with the Holy Ghost. God lights a fire in you, but you've got to keep it burning. Too many times people come and go and you say, what happened? What happened? I know I've heard people talk about strange fire when there's people just being goofy or, or uh, flaky, you know. Just stuff that's just not really decent in order and calling it strange fire. But it's more than that. It's when we try to manufacture something that is not genuine. I've seen people that have a, a measure of flakiness or goofiness, but they just need taught. They just need somebody helping them learn how to really come into the presence of God and surrender all that. Learn what's decent in order. But when we come with our flesh, we come with our will and just try to... to, to Make something that's not really God-sent, God-given, surrender, submission. We're missing. We're missing out. Don't settle for strange fire. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, we love you, Jesus. God, we praise you, Lord. Give him glory. Give him praise. God, we love you, Lord. I'm so so thankful. Just the testimonies tonight of the worship service. Just right along with what we're talking about. A good move of God. Hallelujah. If you got the real fire, it's going to change how you look at one another. It's going to change how you see your situation, your circumstance. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You're going to see how blessed you are. You're going to see how good God's been to you. Oh, and that real fire falls on you. There's nothing like it. Don't settle for anything less. Come on, let's find a place to pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. 
difference between strange fire and real fire.
destroy those with the strange fire. But oh, I don't want to settle for that. I want the real thing. I want God's power in my life. God lights that fire, but I've got to keep it burning. I've got to do whatever it takes. Hallelujah. To keep my flesh crucified. My spirit filled with the fire of God's Holy Ghost. He's there. He wants to fill you. He wants to renew you. He wants His fire burning in your life. Oh, I'm so glad He does. Let's all stand. Father, we love You. Thank You for Your kindness. Thank You for Your goodness to us. Thank You, Lord, for every blessing. Such a blessing to be in this house tonight again. What a beautiful day in Your presence we have had. And we we thank You for it, God. I ask you, Lord, to just help us again tonight, Lord, to just take it home with us. Lord, that in our homes, in our lives, Lord, that fire is burning. That our family can see, Lord, the, the real Holy Ghost in us, Lord. That those that we work with can see your fire burning brightly in us, God. And, oh, thank you, Lord. Bless each one. Keep us safe, Lord. Keep us safe as we travel, Lord. Just bless each family, each life. We ask it all in Jesus' name.